In this week's episode of the Cross Yes podcast, I want to share this with someone. I can't get rid of Diane and I can't get rid of the wanting to have like someone in my life. Now that's Diane again talking with me for our second part of our interview where she talks a little bit about being a crossdresser and finding a partner. She also talks about the laws of attraction and her theory on why cross-dressing starts out as a fetish for some people, but then eventually just turns into something that's just a part of their life. Also, this week I talk about female genital mutilation and how it became banned in Sudan in my YAS of the week. And Kirsten talks a little bit about Never Have I Ever and the process of coming out. This is the 51st episode of the Cross Yas podcast, and it's a little bit of a long one, but I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So how about we get it started, shall we? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross Yas podcast. Which is Elm here so? Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. You can find me on all the social media, Twitter and Instagram at Giselle Mirasol, and you'll discover the podcast on the website, www.crossyaspodcast.com. That's www.crossyaspodcast.com. And if you still have opinions on what you hear from today's episode, and you probably will have something to say, because everybody likes to bitch and chat, and you know, all that other stuff. And if you want to share your personal story, because it's worth sharing on the Cross Yas podcast, because it's cross-dressing or gender-related or, I don't know, you're tired about lying about your cross-dressing and, I don't know, you're tired of lying yourself to others and everyone else, and you're wondering if you can talk to someone about this, well, come on now, you guys. This is 51 episodes. You know the answer. It's a loud freaking yes! You can talk to me. You guys know that I am ready and willing to listen, and I'll even share it if you want me to. Just reach out to me. Hit me up. And tell me your story. I'm ready to listen. Come on. Email the podcast, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. That's G-I-S-E-L-L-E at C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S-podcast.com. Happy July, guys. Hope you guys are wearing your mask because, please, if you're not wearing your mask at this point, you're going to kill somebody. Somebody going to die with me. Yeah. Somebody going to die with me. Yeah. Somebody going to die with me. Please, come on, guys. It's not that hard. Please wear a damn mask. I know you want to bitch and yell about your freedoms, but this isn't even that kind of issue. You're killing other people by possibly spreading your germs and whatnot. Numbers are going crazy, and there's enough information out there that suggests that wearing a mask does save lives. So come on, guys. Be a team player. Just wear a damn mask when you go out, please. And if you don't want to, please stay home. It's simple as that. Order food. Get your Uber Eats. Get your Grubhub. That sort of stuff. Just don't go out without a mask. Yeah? Hey, everybody got a favor to ask. Shut the fuck up and put on your mask. As for me, the episodes have been coming out a little slower because uh, some information about Kristen and I, we are moving out. We just bought a condo and we're in the process of moving things and getting things better. With a new townhome and a condo, I should be able to record a little more. Um, and have better episodes the quality of the show should get slightly better i haven't cross-dressed in now it's been three four months shoot what i think it was march was the last time i cross-dressed um to go out because you could go out i don't know it's just you know it's hard to cross-dress when you have nowhere to go out at least for me and if you're cross-dressing out there guys or expressing yourselves the way you want to by all means y'all should do that it's just hard for me because i want to go out still haven't been sugared down there 
So my hair is uh, pretty rampant. The growth is wild. Because a bitch hair, yes shit. But a lot is happening out there right now. Uh, the COVID stuff, please, I can't stress that enough. Please wear a mask. Everybody is dying out there. Numbers are crazy. People want to reopen stuff, but really not with these numbers out there, guys. It's pretty bad. So, yeah, it's the middle of a pandemic, so come on. Put on your mask. But this week, I want to talk about female genital mutilation in my... Yes! ...of the week. Yeah, and how it was banned in Sudan legally. But does that mean it's still going to be done in certain circles? still might be. And if you guys don't know what female genital mutilation is, I'll read you guys the wiki. Female genital mutilation, according to Wikipedia, thank you Wikipedia, is also known as female circumcision or female genital cutting, which includes any procedure involving the removal or injury of part or all of external female genitalia for non-medical reasons. And there are four different types. I'll kind of explain it to you. Uh, type one is a clitoridectomy, describes the partial or total removal of the clitoris, and includes circumcision, which is removal or just the clitoral hood, and chorodectomy, removal of the entire clitoral glands and hood. The other three types, there's type two, excision, which involves the partial or total removal of the clitoris and labia minora, with or without the additional removal of the labia majora. There's type three, infibulation, which is the most severe type of FGM, which describes the narrowing of the vaginal opening through a creation of a seal by cutting and removing the labia minora or labia majora. And finally, there's type four, which describes any other type of harmful non-medical procedures performed on female genitalia, including cutting, burning, and scraping. Yeesh. Holy shit! In the United States, female genital mutilation is the most common in immigrant communities and in major metropolitan areas. Luckily, the Female Genital Mutilation Act in 1996 was passed, which is a federal law ban, which means people can't have FGM performed on them under age 18 because it, now it became a felony. However, in 2018, the act was struck down as unconstitutional by U.S. Federal District Judge Bernard A. Friedman in Michigan, who argued that the federal government did not have authority to enact legislation outside the Interstate Commerce Clause. As part of that ruling, Friedman also ordered that the charges be dropped against eight people who had mutilated the genitals of nine girls. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole! Which is crazy because I did a little more research and as of April 2020, 38 U.S. states have made specific laws that prohibit FGM, while the remaining 12 states had no specific laws against FGM. Nothing at all! And those 12 states? Well, let's, let's call them out, shall we? Those 12 states include Alaska... Hawaii, New Mexico, Washington, Montana, Nebraska, Mississippi, Alabama, Indiana, Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and District of Columbia. That's right, D.C., and that's right, Massachusetts. I mean, some of the states, as I was looking at the AHA Foundation, which AHA stands for the Research Fellow uh, Ayan Hersey Ali, research fellow at the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, and founder of the AHA Foundation, which helps protect women's rights by protecting women from female genital mutilation, forced marriage, child marriage, and also uh, domestic violence. <laughs> Did more research on this because I don't know if you guys know about female genital mutilation or if there's enough information out there. And you know, this podcast wants to talk a little bit more about things you may not have heard of, or we want to talk about equality and we want to focus on women's rights and rights of trans people and LGBTQ members. 
I wanted to talk about this because it's really it's really shitty. <laughs> it's terrible. Like the fact that 12 other states in the U.S. or 12 states in the U.S. don't have any laws at all that prohibit FGM. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, there some of the 38 states have legislation, but the majority of them, if you look at the AHA Foundation's map on FGM, some of them are pretty weak. California's they grade it from A to F, and they grade it as a C. <laughs> Whereas, like states like Utah have really strong legislation in Wyoming. Not saying that one's better or the other, but I would expect California to have a little stronger legislation about female genital mutilation. It's just, uh, it's crazy, right? Genital mutilation, even for men. I mean. The most common thing that we normalized is circumcisions for boys and men. You know, babies don't have a choice. Babies that are born male uh, don't have a choice and they get circumcised. They get it done without their consent. They're genitally mutilated and, you know, it's more for aesthetic reasons. I had an anatomy teacher who was a gynecologist and he talked about this. This was what, 13, 14 years ago. And he told us that the most unnecessary medical procedure done in general or in males or females or in any person is the circumcision. And I did a little more research on why men get circumcised anyways. And the general consensus on the Mayo Clinic and other sites say that having a circumcised penis helps decrease the risk of urinary tract infections because if you're uncircumcised, you're more commonly likely to get a UTI. However, if you just wash under your foreskin, your risk is about the same that, that you're not going to get a UTI. So it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't usually affect your overall sexual health, according to healthline.com. I know how great of a site that is, but, you know, and, and maybe it's more of a stigma that boys who, who are uncircumcised, I don't know, that it boys who get uncircumcised looked... I don't know, different or ugly, but I don't know, a penis is a penis, and you can still procreate <laughs> with a circumcised or uncircumcised penis. For myself, I am circumcised, but I wasn't circumcised as an infant. I was actually circumcised when I was 12 or 13 in the Philippines. And I remember the whole procedure being kind of crazy because I thought we were going for a vacation, and my mom was like, hey, we're going to a doctor. And I'm like, okay. You know, I was like 12 or 11, and I knew no, no, I didn't know any better. And we went to the doctor's office and my mom was there and like I think my sister and whatnot. I think I had an aunt or uncle and we met this doctor and he told me what was going to be done. And I'm like, huh? Like that was weird. And so he, we went to the office and he pulled me into a room and he like numbed a certain number of sites and then he like cut it off the foreskin. And I'm like, huh? And I remember w walking awkwardly. We went to the mall right after. And I remember walking awkwardly for like a day or two. And then, I don't know, and then we went back home. And I don't know, I had a circumcised penis. <laughs> I mean, I had an uncircumcised penis when I got to the Philippines. And when I came back home, it was circumcised. I mean, I, I don't remember much did being different about it. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, this was pre-puberty. So that was kind of nicer, I guess. But for me, it's, you know, there is no difference for a male to get circumcised like there's no feeling different like you don't cut off the piece or whatnot like you just cut off the foreskin but for women female genital mutilation which is totally different it's not for aesthetic reasons these are people doing it for control 
especially in immigrant countries like Sudan. When I was reading female genital mutilation, apparently according on the Wikipedia page, thanks Wikipedia, getting all our information there from there, according to a 2014 multi-indicator cluster survey, 86.6% of women aged 15 to 49 in Sudan reported living with FGM and said that 31.5% of their daughters had been cut. And the most common female genital mutilation procedure in that country is type 3, infibulation, which of course is the worst type of female genital mutilation. And again, infibulation is where you narrow the vaginal opening through the creation of a seal by cutting and repositioning the labia minora or labia majora. Again, on the Wikipedia page, it says that most FGM procedures in Sudan have traditionally been performed by local circumcisers without anesthesia or antibiotics. Hey, I just had an interesting thought. Yeah. Actually, fuck this. In type 3, it's also referred to in surveys as pharaonic circumcision, where vaginas are sewn closed. Oh, man. Well, now that is some fucked up shit. Yeah, and any type of this where you're controlling, you know, the vaginal opening, it's not the same for a, for a woman and a man. For a man, yeah, you're cutting just the foreskin, and that's just like extra skin, right? For a woman, they're cutting out the clitoris for some of them. They're narrowing the opening and closing of the vagina. If you flipped it and you cut off a clitoris on a male, which is the same feeling for women where it's the most intense... That would be equivalent of cutting off the tip of your penis, where you get all that sensation, is the same as cutting off a clitoris. Like you're denying all that sexual pleasure for a woman by cutting off the clitoris. Again, is the same as like cutting off the tip of their penis. Yeah, no thanks. Narrowing and opening the closing of a vagina would be the equivalent on a male of like shrinking your ball sack. Or like shrinking and cutting off your like scrotum like that's fucking wild yes scrotum is where all the testosterone and sperm is made and the spermatozoa and whatnot in the actual balls but just imagine like you're tightening your balls or narrowing your balls like what the fuck I don't know and it's amazing sorry and my yas of the week goes to Sudan for finally banning it according to the BBC Sudan's highest governing body has ratified a law criminalizing female genital mutilation, FGM, and Prime Minister Abdallah Hamdok was grateful for the decision and hailed it as a promising win and said that it's an important step on the way to judicial reform and in order to achieve the slogan of the revolution, freedom, peace, and justice. Although Sudanese women feel like it's a momentous day, however, they fear that FGM could be driven underground. Yeah, it's just wild to me that that FGM still exists. It's scary. I hope that more people pay attention to this and realize that even in immigrant countries, they're still trying to control women's bodies in the most barbaric forms. I do hope people realize how lucky they have it living in America or living without fear of genital mutilation. I do think we should start the conversation about what we do to our bodies, even as children, with respect to circumcision for men and women. I think female genital mutilation is crazy. For me, I am happy to be circumcised because I do prefer the way my penis looks, I guess, without foreskin. I know Kirsten enjoys it, I guess, (laughs) but I think most women do as well. 
there's a lot of lot of stigma with how a penis looks without being circumcised not that it makes it any more right that people should have it but we should talk about like why do we get circumcised what's the point of it why do we need it it is just scary to think that yeah like we do this still but for women we need to talk about like why do we think it's right to control women's bodies like who gives us that right and you know women if we're fighting for equality we should stop doing this to women or at least give them the right to choose but to cut a woman's clitoris or like sew a vagina shut like what the fuck are we really doing i'm telling you guys it's wrong it's wrong it's And for the 12 states that have no legislation against FGM, this could happen in your state and you guys aren't even realizing it. But for Sudan to do this and criminalize, at least in a professional level, to criminalize it, I think this is a good first step. I think other states can follow their lead. U.S. states and other countries will follow their lead and realize that women have a right and women have a say. So... That goes to my Yas of the Week. I'm sorry, I got a little uh, out of the way. But thanks, Sudan. And we thank you for, hey, I learned way more about this than I needed to. And it opened my eyes to realize that, yo, this exists. And it even made me reflect. So hope you guys, hope it does that for you. But uh, yeah, my Yas of the Week goes to Sudan and banning and criminalizing female genital mutilation. And that was the Yas of the Week. As for the rest of this episode, we'll get away from FGM and we'll actually talk a little bit more with Diane. I know on a couple episodes ago was me and Diane talking about her first time going out as a crossdresser in public and that experience for her. But in this episode, we talk a little bit more about introspectively and what that meant for her. We also talk a little bit about crossdressing as a fetish and learn a little bit more about me and my um, experience with you guys don't know about me, but we talk a little bit about that. The audio starts off a little shaky, but it turns out fine. So forgive the first couple minutes. But stay tuned for the end of the episode where Kirsten will talk about coming out and a little bit about watching, a little bit about how we watched uh, Never Have I Ever, which is a new show on Netflix. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you guys have anything you guys want to say, don't forget to email Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com and check out the crossyaspodcast.com website. For more stuff. Uh, thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. Welcome back, Diane, to the Cross the Yas podcast. I guess we should, well, I was trying to listen on to what we talked about last week. And I think we talked a lot about your first cross-dressing experiences, kind of who you are, kind of where we were going, like uh, what your intentions with cross-dressing were. But I think... I don't know. Did you? Is there something specific you want to talk about? I know one of the things we want to talk about was the uh, like attraction aspect of cross dressing and what you what you felt attracted to or your attraction to cross dressing or how what attractiveness is sort of thing. I did mention that I was studying the whole attraction dynamic, the school of thought or the school of of, of 
philosophy only works with um, male to female kind of attraction. So it, it's really far from from developed way of making it work with someone, say, androgynous, right? Mm -hmm. I would actually have no clue on how to make it work stating that I am what I do. You know what I mean? Like stating, I, I'm this guy guy, and then every now and then I dress up. That would actually disrupt all the, I'm going to call it magic, that I've been working for to actually establish attraction. So yeah, I wouldn't know how to make it work, you know? Mm -hmm. What else could I say? Um, I don't know, because it, it would be, if there were, if there was a science to, or a philosophy to, like, pure attraction, you would be saying that, say, um, like, you get a straight guy, and then you have, like, a, like, a, like, a, I'm gonna say legit one that's not actually interested, like, for example, um, I once read that in, like, ancient Greece or something like that, there was this, uh, I don't know if he was a king or uh, just like a politician in those times, and he was considered to be weird because he only liked women, right? Mm -hmm. Like that culture went as far as to say like this would, would not fly in today's like society, right? But that culture mm -hmm. would go as far as to say like, I'm a man and I'm a, a, the father of a, of my son, right? And we mm -hmm. pride ourselves into being like into sculpting our bodies into the most masculine thing ever, or something like that. So I have my son. We go to the gym. We're work, working out and whatnot. And I, as a as a father, would get offended if the next guy didn't check out my son. Because, you know what I mean? I'm proud of my son's body. Like, you gotta check it out. Sure. So, so I'm saying in that culture, there was one straight guy, right? So, so I, I'm saying that because when I say straight, then you could say, oh, but there are a lot of quote-unquote straight guys then under the, like, behind the scenes, they would get it on with a guy or something like that. So, I'm saying... If there happens to be like a straight, straight guy and we're, you're going to develop like a universal attraction technique or something like that, you're saying that you're, you have a, a technique or something that would make him uh, like, like, uh, like um, think twice about like, you know what I mean? Like consider actually being with a guy or something like that. And I don't think that's possible. You know what I mean? If you like something, mm -hmm. you like something, and no matter what you do, it's not going to work out. Right, right. So, so yeah, in, in a sense, I, I would like to, if we could make like a three-way call or something like that, I would love to interview one of those, like the, the cross-dressers you, you've interviewed that have uh, wives and whatnot. I would like to know mm -hmm. how, how that went down. In part, in part, I think mostly I would like to know how um, if they could describe their wives more than them themselves. Does that make sense? Like, or you mean a wife that's attracted to them as a crossdresser? Yeah, I I don't know if I think one of the guys mentioned it that 
his wife is not attracted to the female side of him. In fact, they're more like best friends in when he's in female mode or something like that. But I would like to find out what kind of mindset a woman should have to like be able to accept that. You know what I mean? Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, that's the thing I'm missing from this podcast is a lot more female um, <laughs> like guests mm-hmm. who do find that attractiveness to that female side. I I mean, I'm reaching out to any cross yas listener out there who wants to um, chime in. But I, if I do eventually get that kind of guest, you will be the first person to talk to them. Or we can do like a three-way call or something and we can have that discussion. That would be great. Yeah. Because I've had, I've had people reach out to the podcast that are really grateful for this podcast because it's helped the wife or the girlfriend understand their boyfriend or husband better mm-hmm. because they are attracted to them in their male self. But sometimes they're not attracted to their female self, but they are willing to learn. Mm-hmm. But the attractiveness, it, it just varies, right? Like you were saying how in like ancient Greek times, that was seen as acceptable to like all sorts of bodies and whatnot. And it, we've gotten into this culture, be it, I don't necessarily Western versus Eastern or whatever you want to label it, of labeling this as the norm or whatnot. Probably because it's just, you know, seen as easier, I guess, just to be like, okay, a guy likes a woman, woman likes a guy. That's it, right? I don't know. Just to make for all intensive purposes, it's just easy. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to get too deep into this topic but i would say it's more about religion than any other thing Mm -hmm. because like you're talking about greek gods and and part of their culture was to like i mean they sculpted their oh man i think i'm gonna get a little bit into it but i want to get out of it as soon as possible so (laughs) no go get into it okay get into it if you want to so you get like like greek mythology right you have their gods like hercules and their statues and they're all buffed up and whatnot so that's part of the whole thing like admiring the body and 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 and, um so it's great right Mm -hmm. so you could see how men could like admire that and maybe actually say like I'm into that. You know what I mean? I'm a man and Mm -hmm. that man's body is great (laughs) or something. But like, say when you come to like the Christian side or something like that, what are the male figures? How are they depicted? You get like old men in robes and then, sorry, I don't want to offend no one, but then you have (laughs) Jesus with it, which is like a, like a thin guy. You know what I mean? So the whole body thing it's like almost like not it's it's not a thing in in the christian side of religion you know what i mean mm-hmm. and plus the actual bible says something about uh, well i'm just going by what facebook tells me i'm i haven't read the <laughs> bible at all but they say it says something about a man lying with another man or something like that right so yeah, i right, think right. It, it's stems more from the religious side of things and then that becomes like say if the whole american culture decided to drop religion altogether right they will still have like i'm i call them like evolutionary scars or evolutionary habits we would still have a few things from that so so yeah i guess that's why like 
men like women and women like men and that's that i mean possibly and don't feel afraid people people like yourself and i think people right now and probably the last like five to ten years maybe in like people are so easily like offended anyways you know like you're you're gonna offend somebody and people are always afraid to like i don't want to make it you know i don't want people to take offense but it's like if you're saying what you want to say and you're not being maliciously you know like hateful i think it's okay to say things and people can interpret whatever you say the wrong way but if you're just speaking your mind and whatever (laughs) yeah you know you know the thing is like i have like a philosophy of and whoa i'm gonna get into another dark peat again i have a philosophy of (sighs) okay so i don't know if you've heard about this guy he's like this black guy and he actually he actively tries to befriend um kukuk clan's members right oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so i love how he goes about it um i know there's a debate within the black community about like why are you wasting time like that you're trying to become white or something like that but i don't know the thing is i love how he goes about it because he he kind of like goes at them like tries to like approaches them and then they go like what's this um uh, quote-unquote not my words like like unworthy person doing here trying to talk to me and he kind of like takes it you know what i mean and mm-hmm. then he just stays there for a while and and he maybe he asks a question then the the cuckoo clan person he doesn't even acknowledge the question and he just answers his own thing and you mm-hmm. see, and and the pattern is like you see the the kk guy he's just pretty much attacking you know what i mean and he's sort mm-hmm. of like waiting an attack back but that doesn't happen and eventually he kind of like lowers his defensives and stops attacking and actually starts making questions like i already stated all i'm thinking about you're this you're that and things should be Mm -hmm. this way and i'll get tired of talking and now i make my first question and that's when the the black guy says like ha i got you now we're talking starting a conversation And and even then, it's all about baby steps, right? If you say the wrong thing, the other guy might go back to the to the defensive mode. So right. it it's not that I'm afraid of like saying what I what I want to say. It's more about I try to be I I try to put it in a way that the other person that's on the other side maybe it's if it's hard to argue against or. Maybe he can relate, and and it kind of like eases their mind, right? So the right. so they become more open. So that's why I don't want to get in too deep. I rather just like touch the surface, maybe open someone's mind, and then maybe start the conversation. If I go bolt deep, as they say, then it may <laughs> maybe it would be a disservice to what I'm actually trying to do. Well, I feel like. It's it's a lot easier to just yell at you and scream at you than to want to learn about you, right? Like it takes effort that people aren't willing to do and people are so set in their own mindsets and their own preconceived notions of hate, right? It's it's easier to love someone takes effort, mm-hmm. but it's the same effort you do to hate somebody, but it's just a lot easier to like 
to confirm my preconceived notions of hating you and all these things that I've been brought up to. Like, that's why I hate the news. And that's why I hate, like, in some, and in some instances, religion that instill that idea of fear and instill that idea of hate. Because mm-hmm. it's like, because to divide us is so easy, right? I, you're either left or right. Mm-hmm. Same with sex and gender. You're either this or that. But it's just like there is so much gray area that nobody ever wants to d- dive into because it takes work. And it's because it's like, oh, man, now I got to now I got to decide you're this. Oh, now I got to decide you're transgender. OK, well, fuck. Now, what do I have to do for that? You know, like and nobody wants to do that because nobody wants to think people are unique. It, they just want to be like, OK, you're either black or white. OK, you're either racist or non-racist. You're either, you know, it's just like we can there's so many different ideas and ideologies, but nobody wants to learn about it because it takes effort and it's easy for if you want to get really deep into it for like corporations to divide you or for politicians to divide you into to like left or right or from, you know, if you want to get into that kind of thing. And that's what I guess you're kind of getting into as well with the Ku Klux Klan guy and the stuff. It's But if you really talk, if you really just listen to people and kind of just like understand one another, it's so much easier and so much less stress. And there's so much more we can figure out. You know, mm-hmm. I, um, I was actually, I kind of like lost the thread of what I was saying, but I'm, I, yeah. I'm 50% sure if you go back, back to the what we were saying, it should make some sense. So within within the whole, say, um, like cross-dressers and queers and trans people in the world, mm-hmm. um, there's a, there's a, there's a thing. I, I believe they have they've been doing a bit of a bad PR job, or maybe individual individuals are actually doing that PR job, bad PR job, because like mm-hmm. say say someone posts a meme and it's kind of like misogynist or something like that, right? They go mm-hmm. straight into like attack mode, and you're a bad human being and whatnot, and they don't do. And 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 I know why they do it because they're in pain because they they've been receiving so much like mistreatment and hate towards them so you just want to punch back right it's it's right, kind right. of natural but but in the same at the same time I think the actual strategy should be to like ah another moron let me slow down <laughs> and try yeah, yeah. to. You know what I mean? So in that sense, mm-hmm. that person is going to be more open towards like understanding it. And and it's kind of unfair. You know what I mean? Because I'm receiving hate and I got to and I got to sort of like like take it and and reply with love. You know what I mean? He doesn't deserve it. Fuck you. But right. But but at the same time, I, I, and maybe with war, you can achieve goals and whatnot. You know what I mean? But in the end, in the long run, I don't know, it's just easier to, or, I mean, not easier at all, but smarter, I would say, or more efficient to kind of like take it slow and, and, and then move forward. And um, yeah, I think I think this conversation came about the whole religious thing and, and, <laughs> and things changing for better in the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean... What do you see our future being like as far as like gender? I mean, that goes to always my last question and thing, but like, do you think this is, you know, fixable per se? 
I think it's going to happen sooner or later. For example, it takes... Oh, this is going to sound weird and maybe even some sort of uh, a little bit enlightenment (laughs) enlightening but uh, when i was when i was a teenager i remember i said with uh and keep in mind that i had i hadn't started like dressing up like actively but i did dress up like twice when i was like younger younger than a teen and i liked it so right in between those two experiences and actually dressing up right in between. I remember I was in high school and I I had a thought in my mind that, that kept going around for weeks, I think. And I and I was offended about it. I was saying like when I have kids, that generation boys are gonna start wearing skirts like to hang out or something like that. And I was offended by it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and look at me now, right? So so I think, like, so have you seen like like futuristic movies? People with like purple mohawks and and androgynous people and whatnot, like cyberpunk things. Yes, kind kind of like that, and and guys with a lot of makeup and whatever, and everyone's like that, right? So I think there's mm-hmm. there's gonna be a point in some generation that it's gonna start becoming normal you know what i mean having tattoos 50 years ago you were either a prisoner or a criminal or military guy right and now it's the most normal thing ever so so yeah i think eventually everything's gonna kind of like mix up and it's not gonna matter anymore true yeah i think but it's not gonna happen without some like without without brave people actually encouraging the new generation that that their peers are all gonna be like oh yes let's wear skirts and this is cool and no matter if their dad says like you're not wearing that skirt they're gonna be like this is cool you're old and you know it's not gonna be even a a thing to like like fight against so so yeah i do believe it's just gonna everything's just gonna melt down into into the whole spectrum you could say and yeah and it's gonna be interesting the dynamics not which dynamics like social dynamics like for, for example right now you're a guy you can for example where i'm at it's a thing like you can't like curse in front of a woman even if it's your friend you know what i mean you're hanging out with her and you say fuck and someone next to you is gonna look at you like are you cursing in front of a woman or something like that it's like dude she curses worse than i do you know what i mean like (laughs) relax (laughs) true true so true so yeah so those things are gonna dissolve between like who's the woman and who's the guy and like i mean there's obviously gonna be both ends like i told you in the last podcast but i don't know things things are gonna change and it should be even better because now it's gonna be a matter of like humans and not a woman and a guy mm-hmm. so that's yeah that should be cool yeah yeah let's see the last time oh you know what i remember the last things we talked about was uh i think masculinity was the main thing too that was one of the last things we talked about i don't know if you want to elaborate on the masculinity aspect also i thought that was interesting we we, we delved a little into it maybe a lot into it but I think we talked about how your idea of, or the idea of masculinity you want to keep versus. Mm. 
I don't know, femininity, traditional femininity, and then masculinity. I don't know if you want to discuss that. Well, hmm. that's a weird thing to, especially now with the conversation we're having. It would be a weird yeah, thing sorry. to define. I a weird transition, but I, I, I totally remember that. I was like, oh, yeah, you're talking about masculinity and the idea of. Well, it's a, it's a matter of being accepted, I guess, you know? So, because I, what I remember about that was that I wanted to keep both sides of me, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is... Uh, sounds even cringy to say after all we've talked about, but culturally, I want to be respected as a man or something like that. And I feel the fact of, like, maybe, like, dressing up, it's kind of like... I feel like someone's gonna look at me and say, then what are you? You know what I mean? Because when you're not dressed up, you pass as a freaking regular guy, right? Nobody would suspect it. So now what are you doing with makeup and a skirt? You know what I mean? Like, so... Are you saying you can't be masculine if you are cross-dressed? Well, socially, that would be even worse, I think. Because it would be it would be shocking to someone visually, like say, like men and women walk in very distinct ways, right? So when I was studying attraction, this came up. So like, if you wanna look more masculine or or present more masculine, your torso and hips are gonna stay in line you could say and then your shoulders are the one the thing that's gonna be like swaying from side to side if you're a woman your your upper torso is gonna stay put and then your hips are the things the the part that's gonna be swaying side to side so the theory about that is that say you're a guy and you're looking for women i don't know if you know that your brain if you're looking for something how do you say like if you're focusing on, on something, right? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to notice any most things that are that are happening in your peripheral vision, right? Unless mm-hmm. it's something that's in the in the back of your mind that you're looking for. So if you're doing your homework or you're looking at a, your computer or something like that, and a guy or something, a human being walks by and they're swaying their uh, shoulders from side to side, your brain is going to say, in in the back of your brain, it's going to say, like, that's a guy, you're not interested in that, so just keep paying attention to your homework. Keep doing what you're doing. That's not something you're looking for. So, and then if you see another figure and the hips, the middle part of the whole figure is the thing that's swaying side from side to side your brain's gonna go like pause this you gotta check that out right (laughs) yeah okay so now you're cross-dressing and okay a lot of things that i'm gonna say it's not my words i'm talking from a culture perspective right so Mm -hmm. now i'm dressed up as a woman and people can sort of spot me right if they look at my face especially if i open my mouth so I'm dressed up as a woman, and with everything that's going on with the queer and and I mentioned queer more than I mentioned trans or whatever because that would be the closest I am in in the whole spectrum, you could say. So mm-hmm. you're you're dressed like a woman, 
with makeup and everything, so they're gonna expect you to be queer or gay, right? And now mm-hmm. you're actually you're sending mixed signals because now you're walking as a guy, you're talking as a guy, you're presenting as a, a, a as a like physically, like visually, you're presenting female, but then everything else, body language, speech pattern, gestures are male. It's gonna be like what the hell is going on here, right? So I think that's going to be even more shocking for people and you would be clocked faster and and whatever. Is the idea of masculinity something that has to be outwardly shown or can you be masculine like internally? Like just being, you know what I mean? Like or is femininity, can that also be internally shown? Or is are both those things have to be outwardly expressed if that makes sense well the thing is like if you just want to go by in life you can do whatever you want right but but in order to interact with other people you gotta speak their language right and Mm -hmm. and language is not just the words that come out of your mouth it's everything from the tone and especially your body language so Say you feel you're a guy inside, but then you got, would you you would like people to treat you as a as a guy, then you have to show them something for them to accept you as if, right? So right, right. And, and that's completely normal. You know what I mean? Like that's normal. You want we're social people and we hundred percent depend on like uh, uh, well, we hundred percent crave for interaction with other humans so some people would say like oh who cares you do you and whatever and it's like yeah yeah but at the same time you do kind of want to get along with people so so yeah that's why people go through so much effort i think to to express outwardly what they want to be treated as yeah i just feel like I think you can be you can be masculine by just doing the things like just also internally like you can just be like you know I know I'm I have masculine like features obviously traditional masculine features mustache and strong chin line or whatever and then you know but I can also be feminine as Giselle like makeup done you know traditionally you know wearing a dress and all this other stuff it's just the idea of that like the toxic masculinity is always a hot you know topic of conversation because it's it has to be you know you have to be a man or you have to be this kind of thing that can you know perverse society and make this idea that if you're not this kind of man then that makes you less of one i don't know if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. that's that's the toxic part of the situation definitely but I don't know to me it just takes a brave brave soul that I admire a lot to be able to like like these feminist women that went against everything in their time and they're doing now and and dude that takes that takes a brave soul you know what I mean sadly I'm not that person but I could I I can see well as as a guy I I think I can say something about it <laughs> is that um mm-hmm. I think there are reasons why you want to keep your identity, right? Like, 
I mean, or or project a respectable identity. Um, you want to find a wife. You gotta like. I mean, how many how many crossdressers have gone? I've I've done it. Like I've thought about like. I have to choose one. I have to either dress up or I have to be a man and 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 my odds of finding a, like a wife or something like that are going to increase like a lot, right? So mm-hmm. so yeah, you got to make that choice. Like dude, for example, right now like as we speak, I'm 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 doing the whole studying about seduction thing and whatnot and and what what I am thought is kind of like how to be your core person or whatever and then how to like like shoot like blasts blast waves of like like masculinity but not in the sense like don't get me wrong it's not in the sense of like i'm a man and i do whatever the fuck i want and i'm not gonna consider the woman into my you know it's not that at all it's 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 like a healthy way of of doing it so um if you want later on i can even show you some like send you some youtube videos or of what i'm kind of like getting into so Sure. The thing is, is that they say, and you gotta, you gotta do everything you can about like, like, uh, enhancing that image or or personality, right? And one of those is, dude, go to the gym, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. and right now I'm like, ah, oh, like, dude, I'm thin, and I almost pass like when I dress up, like body wise and whatnot. So if I start doing exercises, like my dresses are gonna start like like I'm gonna be tight in them and my arms are gonna like be super like obvious and whatnot. So <laughs> yeah. 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 So right now I'm in between like, dude, what do I do? So I sort of have to choose one. Well, I don't really have to choose one. I just I can just keep thin and go about it and should work just the same. It's just that if I want my chances to increase doing exercise can and could help you know what i mean so yeah so yeah so i'm in between that right now so just i guess to illustrate what the struggle of a cross dresser is or something i mean i i struggle with that i think you're right every cross dresser who wants to pass struggles with the with the i want to look good oh i guess heterosexual men who don't want to transition who cross-dress struggle with the idea that like i want to look masculine i want to have like you know masculine features i guess if you're single too because you want to attract a mate right because traditionally women want a man who looks i don't know buff i guess or whatever or has muscular mm-hmm. <laughs> a muscular stature i don't know versus like you know not many women are attracted to i mean i can't say all women but you know some women are attracted to like skinny men or whatnot but i feel like it's you know it's a whole package it's is their personality good or are they you mm-hmm. know are they funny or do they have a job you know it's it's a whole thing so I, I think we talked about this too i didn't think we got got too much into it but like what are you looking for in a potential mate mm, that's a question i've been trying to answer myself um man i guess i just I wouldn't know it. There would be too many things. Okay, like the same way, like you were saying that 
to be able to your attraction level i see it as like video game stats right like like mm -hmm. medium jump but high attack and low defense or whatever so to try to describe what kind of women i want i would have to like give you like a stat list or something like that so right. i don't know i think i think um i did have one girlfriend who knew about my dressing up and um and she was super super cool about it i even i even asked her like when i told her she was like acting like nonchalant like nothing happened right mm -hmm. and i was like super skeptical about it i'm like dude what do you think about it and she's like nothing i think nothing of it and i'm like no no but 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 really like be honest and she would get like i'm tell dude seriously it's just whatever she even said i believe you don't even have a choice about doing it or not it's a thing within you and you just gotta do it and and that's that to be fair i wouldn't say she was bi but she did have like a bit of a thing like she could get into it but maybe not like have like a full relationship with a with a woman i guess and mm -hmm. so so i guess in a sense that also kind of like satisfied that side of her at a certain point i don't know sure i remember one time she said that if she was to have a relationship with another woman she would be the dominant one and um yeah <laughs> otherwise like when she was with me or whatever she wasn't dominant at all you know so mm -hmm. when i first like dressed up well the one time i dressed up in front of her she went to do my makeup and whatnot and she grabbed my face as in like i'm in control of this and i'm like oh this is fucking awesome and that's hot <laughs> yeah 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 she was having fun with it but dude that woman is like one in a billion you know what i mean so It's like trying to win the lottery in a sense, right? You wouldn't make that your life plan of investment, you know? If it happens. Well, I mean, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, right, like that's the, right, as like a, I don't know, a teenager or whatnot, and you have these, we haven't, we can get into this, but like the, the, the fantasy of being with someone, at least for me, being with someone who's, who's because i guess i'm submissive as well and in the in this in a both sexual sense and in a sense but i also can be dominant if i want to be but the idea that there is this ideal woman if you're a heterosexual man or a man who likes women who will be dominant who will be funny who will be will have a job who will have money who will provide want to have kids and will be there at your you know like this golden unicorn or whatnot of everyone who does everything for you and will listen to you and will not complain. You know, like that shit is maybe a one in a million, you know, who's into your sexual kinks and into your stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not for, <laughs> it's not plausible a hundred percent of the time. You know what I mean? Like that's why for some people who are cross-dressers who are looking for potential mates, you can't go in expecting that everybody, every woman you are potentially trying to date will be into that stuff. Mm -hmm. But the hope is that you slowly introduce it or introduce it early and just find that the person is cool enough that you can do other things with yeah but this is the thing and this is why i'm getting into the whole attraction thing in average like in average like <sighs> okay 
please take this with a grain of salt. But <laughs> in average, like most guys, and I'm saying like uh, in my mind, it's going to be like 75, 80% of guys, they don't choose their girlfriends or wives. Their wives choose them, right? Mm -hmm. And so they kind of go by in life, like just walking about, and suddenly one woman chose interest, and they, they go like, oh, finally, someone, let me just not screw this up, right? So now, say, they happen to break up or whatever, and now they have to wait months or years until another soul decides to adopt them, right? Well, at least... I, I'm honestly I'm talking about me, myself, <laughs> but so far, so what I've studied, it's kind of like a normal thing, you know. So, so, so okay. So now I'm bettering my art, so I'm actually able to be proactive on it. And maybe I'm walking by and I see a girl, and I can start having a, a conversation, make her kind of like like. Not make her, but, you know, entice her to, like, hey, this is me, this is my personality, like, show it real quick. So maybe she could, in a fairly small amount of time, consider, like, oh, this it would be worth actually investing into knowing this person more, right? So I'm bettering those odds. So say, say I'm dating, I date one, my old self starts dating one girl... I break up with her, and now my next chance is going to come by in three months, six months, a year, two years, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of maybe now I'm start, I start dating, maybe I can get one or two dates a month. That's all, a whole lot better, and that increases your odds of finding someone. But at the same time, you're increasing your masculine persona or whatever, so you're getting more, more hits, you could say. But at the same time, you're you're distancing yourself from your female side. So, you know where mm -hmm. I'm going at with that. So it's kind yeah, of yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like though, that's the that's the hope that you you before you get in into into any relationship is you figure. Hopefully, this is like the ideal way is to figure out who you are, figure out what you want, what you like. And go like, you know, always the love yourself first is always important because if you don't know who you are, you don't love yourself and then you try and get a relationship and hope you find it in that other person, you're going to have a really bad time mm -hmm. because you're, 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 you don't have an identity, right? You don't know if you're Diane or if you don't know if you're Giselle, you don't know who you are and you get into this relationship and you try to find it with somebody. It's almost like you're, it's impossible mm -hmm. because you're both trying to figure out who you are and you're like, what the fuck? Like, you don't know what you want. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, why would you expect me to know what you want? Like, yeah. And, and even worse in the end, either or are going to start developing who they are based on the other person on what the other person wants. And they start becoming what the, what they think the other person wants. And it doesn't work that way at all. Right. Right. So, yeah. So when you go on like perspective dates or online, when would you introduce the cross-dressing part or if at all, like when do you think would the best time would be or have you ever done it? I think depends on her. And that's sort of, well, I had one experience with, with one woman that was 
in a relationship with me that knew about it. But in part, that's why I want to gather more data, you could say. So hence the interview with other cross-dressers, wives or girlfriend or, or whatever. Sure. But so far, I would say, I don't know, someone that doesn't care about sort that sort of thing. Like they can ex mm -hmm. express it out loud or something. Mm -hmm. But if I'm dating like this woman and she's super superficial or whatever, and I'm going to say 100% I'm a guy, maybe I'm, I'm interested in getting it on with her for, you know, carnal, carnal reasons, then hell no, I wouldn't tell her that. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But maybe if it, if, if it actually develops like a relationship or something like that, then I would consider it. Plus, I gotta know her soul in a way that, for example, the one that I told uh, told about, this was my thought process. I thought either she would say, oh, wow, I'm not interested in, in a relationship anymore, but 100% we could still be friends and it wouldn't cross her mind to use that against me as a like a weapon to hurt me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I guess that 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 situation should sort of like happen again. And in what way could she weaponize your cross-dressing? How do you think she would use it? Or what in what in what fantasy would you or what terrible nightmare would that arise? I don't know. Maybe I have it in social media and maybe I don't know. She has like a picture of me with makeup or whatever. And then or maybe like. You know what I mean? And then like upload it and it's like, look at these freak or something like that. And then why does that matter though? Why, if you don't think you're a freak and you accept that part of yourself, why does that matter? Well, we're going back to the, to the conversation we were, we were having before this one is that, that could quote unquote hurt my, my mass, my masculine project projection towards the world uh -huh. and then people yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go in a in a explanation tour of like dude i just do it for fun i'm not gay it's not a kink it's not it's just it's just fun but why do you do it it's just fun but dude are you gay but no dude it's just fun you know what i mean and i'm gonna have to go on that tour so do you just don't want to explain yourself is that what it is I'm just afraid, you know, like I told you about the brave souls that battle against the world and for their beliefs or whatever, for the freedom, you could say I'm just not that brave. I think I guess it also becomes like nobody ever wants to be the pioneer of it. Nobody ever wants to be the first, mm -hmm. you know, nobody ever wants to be the person that's that takes all the blunt, the brunt of the blunder response of the responsibility of all right it's all on your shoulders giselle you take it all and i'm like all right fine I'll, I'll be the first person to be like hey you guys this is normal this is what i do and if you guys want have any questions here's a podcast here's me i will explain everything that helps you i'm not gay i'm this i'm this i'm this you know what I mean? mm -hmm. but apparently you don't want to do that <laughs> no and you know i feel i feel kind of to a certain extent, I was actually kind of surprised you wanted to do a second episode because I feel I'm not being the, the yay, go at it, girls, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm not being that person. I'm, mm -hmm. If anything, if anything, I'm, I'm, 
I feel like I'm being like, yes, this is like we're not alone, and and right, and and I'm the how do you say the cautionary voice or something like that? I don't know, or the I don't know. It sounds you're very cautious, mm -hmm. but you're very hesitant, or maybe almost like timid. You want to be out there, but you're also like, I just want to do my own thing. Like I don't really care if anybody else wants, but you do want your right to cross dress right yeah. like you want to be you that's what from the the two interviews that i've gathered from you it, the thing is you are a perfect candidate for this podcast anyone is there's so much to talk about i i like that's what this podcast is for is share your story because someone out there will relate to it like gavin gabby didn't share her story then like there's like 30 people who already that i talked to who are like oh i relate so hard to that like you said you know or people like other cross-dressers, you're like, hey, that one person, like, I really related to that story or I resonated so much with that story. Although you may think in your head that who would relate to this? Mm. There is so much out there. That's with the thing with this podcast. When I started it, I was like, well, I'm just going to talk about myself or, and see if anyone relates to. And I got so many people reaching out like, oh, my God, like, I know what that feels like or I know what that's like. Mm. Because I feel like when you isolate yourself, which is what a lot of cross-dressers do or people in general, and they think, no one knows what I feel like. Nobody experiences what I do. And it's just like, yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. You just have to talk about it. Yeah. But don't ever think you're not a perfect candidate. Why, why would you think that? No, you're, you're because what I mean is like people I've heard you talk to, they're all kind of like positive about like, you know what I mean? Like they are very kind of active toward coming out or something like that, right? They're all in their own stages of it. But I feel like a like a general positivity about it, and I don't think I'm trying to be negative about it. But I'm way more like I just want to stay in the shadows, <laughs> and you know what I mean. And maybe like sneak out like a ninja and then come back home and 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 keep it that way. And I feel like I would like to be more like encouraging to other crossdressers, but but at the same time, I I don't want to be a hypocrite about it, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess I just, I don't know, I just tried to say like the raw truth about it. But, but at the same time, I feel I'm kind of like making a disservice to them, to the ones that I don't, I wouldn't want to be the person that they're about to step outside their, their house. And then they go like, oh no, that guy was like scared about it. So I'm just gonna like go back in, you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I, I, I can, I can understand that as well. I, but I also feel like, like, would you say that you would prefer to be private about your cross-dressing or? I mean, in the perfect world, I could be both, but if I can't have both, then I'd rather just keep it sort of private. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because you do want a mate who understands it, right? Like you do want a significant other who understands your cross-dressing, but if you're not, you know, Again, in a perfect world, that would be great. Yeah. But if I have to choose one or the other, I'm still in a big debate about that. But mm -hmm. I just want both the, with the same passion. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I want to I wanna go out and I want to meet women and I want to have a, a great life. And I also want to like be able to dress up or whatever in both with the same intensity. So I guess mm -hmm. I'm just figuring out, figuring out which one's going to win 
my internal battle, if it makes sense. But I'm going... What do you mean, which wins? Either I take my chances in life being sort of dressing up openly or or more openly. Maybe I don't think I'll ever do like a Facebook page, you know what I mean? But maybe be a bit more careless. Careless about it? Is that the right word? I don't know. Just open about it. Carefree? Yeah. Or... Or if I'll just hide it and then just live my best male life that I can. In in all honesty, do you really think you could live without your Diane self? I know it would be hard. Maybe I'll be one of those guys that has a storage room or something <laughs> like that. Maybe, I don't know. To be honest, I don't think you can do that. That's the whole purging thing. That's when people purge when they're like, you know what? I don't think I can do this. I, I, I'm i going to get rid of everything. It's all going to go away. And then, you know, then some random instance where you see somebody looking so hot as a female or so gorgeous that you're just like, fuck, there goes that urge again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I don't think. And I've done episodes about purging and I've done, I've talked to so much about purging. You can't purge your Diane self. You can't purge your cross-dressing self and expect everything to totally go away. That's why, and, and I get your cautionary tale and I get why you, a lot of cross-dressers want to be private about their cross-dressing because it's something that's so dear to them and so personal to them. And when you do go out, you're just like, oof, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. We'll, we'll see where this goes. But when you have great experiences, like you had one, the one you talked about your first time going out and your second time going out mm-hmm. and having more positive experiences like that, you'll see that it's really fun and nobody gives a shit about what you do outside. And you, you know what it's like. You, you, I don't th- have you dressed in a while. Is that what it is? <laughs> like you haven't dressed in a long time. Yeah, I haven't, especially since, uh, since the winter started. So now I was actually kind of like hoping, like, I mean, looking forward for summer so I can go out. And, uh, right. um, but yeah, now we can't go out because of the whole COVID situation. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe next year. That's what it is. I think you just haven't gone out lately and that's what you're missing. Yeah, 100%. No, but, but I do know, like, even when I'm going out, Maybe I haven't thought about it because I'm, you know, I'm having such a great time and whatnot. But I'm pretty sure if I got used to it, I'm going to want, I'm going to want to, when it becomes normal, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to, to know that maybe someone's expecting me at home, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, I fulfilled myself and I'm the most 100% me I can. But now I, I want to share this with someone. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's also an inevitable thing to do or have. So I can't get rid of Diane and I can't get rid of the wanting to have like, a, like someone in my life. Yeah. And again, I think that comes down to confidence and knowing how you you are. You already know you don't want to transition. You already know you don't want to be Diane full time. If you're open and honest about who you are to not only your significant other, but to yourself, I think you will be fine. (laughs) 
I'm gonna ask you a, a sort of a personal question. I don't know if you want to answer it. On, like, I will answer everything and anything. I will talk about my dick for 20 minutes <laughs> if you need me to talk. Okay, so <laughs> you have your girlfriend, right? Fiance, yes. Fiance, sorry about that. Congratulations. So, Thank you. I think she forgets sometimes too. <laughs> so now, I don't know if you know about the phenomenon when you're single, like women like hide from you. Like if you're walking down uh, like a mall, they freaking hide inside like the stores or whatever to avoid you. But like mm -hmm. if you have a girlfriend or, or someone, they, they jump from second floors and start talking to you and whatnot, right? Correct. Are you familiar with that? Yes. So the idea that the laws of attraction are heightened when you are in a relationship. Yeah. It's true. So mm -hmm. now you have your fiancés who so you should have that in in high. Do you actually like like do you actually get approaches from like women and whatnot with that with that energy? It's really hard right now with the COVID situation and whatnot. Be you know, being around people. Well when I'm at work I don't know if they approach me, but I, maybe I'm just like more confident about approaching other people like, hey, how's it going or this, that. But it, it's hard to say because I was like, I thought I wasn't like likable, especially being in two long term relationships, one for nine years, the other one for five years. Mm -hmm. And then like trying to date during the whole dating thing. But it depends what circles you run to. Like, I'm not always at a bar when I'm with my fiance or by myself, you know, mm -hmm. Usually it's just more like I'm spending time with my fiance or I'm hanging out with my friends and stuff. When you are in a relationship, you are, you're spending less time out anyways with other people, you know, mm. you're spending less time at restaurants or less with others or stuff. You know, you're just with your significant other. Hopefully I would hope if you're really love your significant other or, but I do get that idea that you are more approachable, but you know, what's funny as you age, <laughs> When you're in your 30s, you know, in your 20s, everybody wants to fuck and date and do that stuff. Once you get your 30s and then your 40s, you know, you're just like you're you're set in your ways and you're settled down. And that, that that's the hope, I think. I don't know. This is from I'm only 32. So mm. 32 and up. So I would feel that like, yes, more people approach you, but it's also like you already have what you want. That's the thing about knowing yourself and knowing what you want in life and stuff, because people will approach you. But you're just like, you know what? No, thanks. I have something. I know it's better. Whatnot. Yeah, but my my theory is like especially from you, and and I don't mean to offend, right? But like, uh, you actually go out in 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 a kind of in an in between mode, right? Like like mm -hmm. you have your dress, you have like some makeup and whatever, but it doesn't seem like you're going for a hundred percent passing. I don't know if you agree with that. Sorry if I'm like. Oh no no no! So you're saying oh when I when I cross dress out and stuff? Yeah. So when I cross dress and I'm usually hanging out with my girlfriends and going out, like, I don't know if it's because I'm so tired. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, eh, like, I just want to go out for a drink and stuff and just hang out at the house. But fully passing to me, like, it depends on what your idea of fully passing is. I think passing is 100% confidence. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a wig or if you're bald or like whatnot and you're wearing makeup. I know a bunch of like cross dressers who pass based on just confidence alone. Mm. Like it's just like, oh, that's a guy. And then it's just like, everyone's like, wait a minute. You know, like, hmm, because of just how confident in their skin they are. Mm. Like you can have the best makeup, you can have a thing, but if you don't know what to do with it, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going you're gonna to fail at passing, in my opinion. Mm. You know, people do drag and are wearing like ridiculous amounts of like makeup and wig and stuff. But that's just because they're so eccentric and so like flamboyant. And so what the fuck? Like there's no way, like that shit's, 
insane. Like, there's no way that's a dude, or there's no way that's a girl, because it's just how it is. But it depends on your idea of passing. But I'm also with a bunch of different girls. Mm. Like, I'm with, like, groups of, like, 12. I run, like, we run, like, 10 deep or 12 deep of girls. So it's just, like, I can pass along with all those other people. Like, I'll go to the girls' restroom, I'll, you know, we'll do each other's makeup, and, you know, we'll gossip in the bathroom and stuff. Mm. Okay. But that's just... I think I have mm-hmm. a better question, and I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. I I I, I love it. Please okay. put me everywhere, <laughs> all the spots, the juice spots, the sex spots, all the. <laughs> oh, that sounds kinky. <laughs> Anyways, no, always, I'm I'm down, girl. I'm down. Okay, so <laughs> when you first met your fiance's friends, were you dressed? Were you in guy mode? Were you how? Or have you heard the episode with me and my fiance? No, I, I looked for it, but I haven't. I haven't. There, we've done th- two episodes. One with the original, like I want to interview you about the podcast, and another one where it was just me and her talking about the proposal. So I met Kirsten through Hinge, and on one of my profile photos was one of my photos dressed up, and she's like, hmm. first time she ever saw it, she's like, huh. Mm-hmm. Then I went, I think we were dating a month, and then I went to a, a music festival or whatever, and I dressed up for that. And then one of her friends saw it, mm. and then Kirsten had to explain it, like, yeah, he cross-dresses and stuff, and they were okay with it. And then I went to a bachelorette party in New Orleans, mm. and I dressed up, for, and she showed the photos to her friends, and they were like, god damn. Like, what I was wearing, and there's a photo of it, I can send it to you. Mm. It's just this white romper, like, ridiculous, like, super fashion of a slutty ho-bag. Ho, ho one of her friends was like, oh, man, just, like your your boyfriend looks like he could be a backup dancer for Beyonce because hmm. <laughs> of what I was wearing. It was ridiculous. And then like only like a couple of friends knew. And then I think I've made my podcast and my Giselle account public. Mm-hmm. And then some of her friends started seeing it and they were like, uh, what the fuck? Um, and so Kirsten, luckily, this was like maybe like a year in, and she finally was able to explain or understand what cross-dressing is. So she was able to slowly explain it. Mm. And then her brother found out about the podcast mm. through thing. And then he like was asking all this, all the right questions like, hey, is Giselle gay? Hey, is he trying to date other people? Is he cheating? And this, and she's like, no, he's not. He's doing this. He does this. He cross-dresses. He's heterosexual, this, that, this, that. And then it slowly became normalized, I think. It slowly became, and then some more of her friends found out. And one of her friends is, I wouldn't say homophobic, but he's had homophobic tendencies by saying things like, well, that's super gay, or this is that. And because he's a traditional Filipino from the Philippines. I mean, maybe this, these are the ideas that we got that we were really afraid to tell him because of what he said and what this, that. And then he found out about it, and he still has some hesitancies, or at least we've realized a little bit. Mm. Then he eventually just kind of like understood it. And it's come up in passing. And this comes down to me dressing up in front of them. I haven't dressed up in front of them, but they've seen enough photos that they're just like, damn, your boyfriend is hot. Or damn, your fiance is, he looks great. Or he dresses better than I would and that stuff. So in that sense, they haven't seen me dressed up, but I've dressed up with Kirsten in Vegas. I've dressed up with her in public. We've won on a couple dates dressed up, but it's not something that I think she wants me to do all the time, which is okay with me. Like we're, and especially now, like where are we supposed to go? Like, you know, mm. and she's very, very church centric. She loves going to church. So like, I wouldn't dress up because I don't want to embarrass her at church. You know, like these are all her friends and stuff and I don't want her to have to explain it, but I will dress up on occasion. And we still have some tussles about certain things, but 
I know my time and place to dress up. Mm -hmm. And if it's not around her, I'll dress up when I want to. When all this clears up, I'll go to a club or a bar or stuff with my friends and whatnot. So, so, so it's it, it it doesn't not only it's not only you who have to be strong about it, but also your partner. Mm -hmm. And that's even harder. The episode because she gets super emotional about it, and it's very it gets you get you'll get a little emotional because you feel. People say that I attack her in the episode, and I maybe I kind of do, but I just kind of want to, like, I have to confront her, right? Like, listen to the episode. It's pretty good. Okay, I will. I should have heard it before, like, this. No, but... no, no. That was perfectly fine. Okay. Sorry. What else? What else can I answer? I love questions. Yeah, I guess I guess I was just, yeah, I think I did get my answer, but because I, I was actually kind of expecting, like, people to go, and then if you're, if you're, What's a word not invincible, but if you're like bulletproof about it, hmm. then they're gonna, I figure they're gonna attack her about it, about you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, why are you sure. doing, why are you dating a gay guy or something like that? And, hmm. and that's, well, that's a whole other layer to the situation. You know what I mean? So it's twice as hard. Sure. I don't know, dude. You're a brave soul, and uh, and I I wish I would I had your strength or something like that. I feel like though it comes with experience. It comes with being able to be so comfortable with who you are, like even that no one can attack you, like no one can hurt you. In that sense, in that sense, it's a bulletproof. In that sense, it's invincible. But it's also it comes with just confidence and going out more. I think you need to come out with me like once or twice, and I will. <laughs> We will party. We will. I will show you what it's like. It's you'll you'll experience what you experienced when you went out. You'll be like, oh, that's it. Like it's like, yeah, no one cares. Mm. As long as you're not invading on nerves thing. Like as long as you're not like. Although you know, I won't lie. I've made out with guys dressed up in bars or clubs and stuff. But that's just because you know, like eh, whatever. You're drunk or whatever. You're doing that shit. Mm. But you know, you're 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 just in so into you. For me, it's the illusion that you like putting up of. That, that's we talked about this the ultimate idea of passing is not being seen blending in like you had it right you were already you're gossiping with girls in the bathroom you were already made friends you already like oh yeah you're just one of the girls sort of thing mm -hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know i guess i guess you were you the difference between you and me so far is you is that you were you were uh ready for well, not even battle, but you know what I mean? You were ready to confront whoever came at you because of it. Yeah, and girl, if you need the strength, I'll be I'll back you up. Girl, I'll be like, I got you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about this podcast too, is like I want people to feel free. And if you're hesitant about it, then I will give you I will help give you strength <laughs> in order to be able to come out or be able to you know, because I feel like people don't feel like they have that support system and maybe you don't feel like you have it, but you got me, you know, anybody who comes on the podcast and is scared to come out or scared, like, let me talk to them. Like, fuck you. Let me, I got you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause that's the thing we lack. And that's the thing I think, you know, when people like we talked about, like dividing one another, it's just like, well, you're, you're not going to be loved. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, you will. Like, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, well, no one's going to care about what you It's like, yeah, they will. I will. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why I hate about people who put other people down or who, who use like, 
divisive tactics to be like, well, no one's going to do this. And no one's going to, it's like, fuck you. Like I've lived this far. I've gone this far. Lots of other people have gone further than I have. And you're going to tell me that I don't have that shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Man, that nine and a half year relationship kind of fucked me up. It still has Mm -hmm. about people. No one's going to love you for your cross-dressing. No one's going to love you for, you know, what like this, that, like, well, it's like, and then, you know, I, the thing is, if you're told that all the time, if you're told by people and it's unfortunate people who were in like abusive relationships or relationships where they don't allow you to be yourself. Like, I hate that shit. Really hate that shit. Although uh, like we talked about, don't be a dick or don't be an asshole or don't be like a racist son of a bitch or something like that. Mm. But like, that's what I hope you like Diane find in a relationship is first find who you are and be confident about being Diane so that whenever anyone's like, well, no one's going to love Diane. It's just like, yeah, I do. You love yourself. And and maybe I'm getting all rambly, but that sort of thing. I mean, it sounds, sounds great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, I mean, what, what you're saying makes a hundred percent sense, right? But mm-hmm. while you're listening to someone, you're kind of uh, like, evaluating the message against your values you could say right Mm -hmm. but in this case it's not your values it's in this case it's more against i'm measuring your words against my courage Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm trying to look for it like somewhere at the bottom of the barrels of what i'm capable of and i'm just not finding like it's just it makes sense. It's just it's it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to even fathom like getting to that point. But at the same time, when I first started, it would have been impossible to like me to think that I was gonna be going out dressed up. So yeah, who knows where I'm at in a year or two? So yeah, I'm not gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's possible. <laughs> and they say yes, right? Yeah, like you say, yeah, it's possible. The thing is, you've experienced it. You've had the. I just don't think you've had enough experiences, Diane. Like you haven't had enough going out experiences of like seeing like you've only experienced it once or twice, but like I've experienced it but like about this point like 40 times, 40, 45 times of people not giving a fuck because you're doing you, you know? Mm-hmm. If you come out to Vegas or wherever, somewhere in the West Coast, we will go hang out. We will go to a bar. I'll show you how no one gives a shit. Preferably California because we don't give a lot of shit out here. Vegas too. Vegas doesn't give a shit. Especially if you look hot, mm-hmm. they'll let you in right away. Well, but that's the thing. Like in Cali or Vegas, that's one thing. But like where I'm at, I don't think that's gonna fly much. Like, like I was I was looking through Tinder, right? Uh-huh. And I saw this girl, and we matched, and she was in her bio. It said like queer, LGBT, whatnot, right? And I'm like, oh. there's potential here right so Mm -hmm. i try and talk to her we speak for a while and then mm, okay so then i ask her about like oh is there a big like lgbtq scene in the district that you're at and she says well in the whole state i know in such place and this other place and one other place there it's a thing but other than that, there's not much to do with it. So, yeah, I need to move somewhere else. <laughs> Unfortunately, you do need to move somewhere else, from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Because here it's so, here in California, it's so like 
so like yeah whatever like okay yeah do what you want or whatnot it's expensive to live here i guess but mm-hmm. if you find a good job i would hope that anyone's listening to the podcast if you find somewhere that lets you be yourself stay there mm-hmm. <laughs> stay there experience the culture there because i guess i'm blessed and i guess i am very lucky to be in an area where it's accepting to be myself it's understanding uh, and it, it's seeming it's it's becoming more across the board not everywhere that it's accepting to be yourself trans bi lesbian queer you know all gay all that stuff in more areas not everywhere but crossdressers we are in this weird limbo we don't know where we fit you know we don't know where we are in this lgbtq plus spectrum i think we're somewhere in there but we we want to be in this part, but we don't want to. We don't want all the negative stuff associated with it. So I don't know. We have to choose something. You know, that's a that's a thing I I always keep in mind that in a sense we're lucky because we we have a choice. We can hide it. You could say right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a burden, like having to have that thing about hiding it and whatnot. But at the same time, you know what I mean? If, if things go real bad, you can just hide it. And, and, yeah. and I, feel, I feel for, for other people that can't, right? right? They have to go all out and that's that, you know what I mean? So, so in a yeah. sense, it's like, whoa, it puts you into perspective, right? And at the same time, it makes me be real careful. So say when I go out or whatever, I kind of like, like, like try to portray my dressing up in like a, in a not distasteful manner, if it makes sense. Right. You want to display femininity in its best form, right? Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Like, because for example, I was trying here where I'm at, uh, dude, I've been trying to meet like a, another crossdresser and I'm looking like to have a, a, a friend, right? And mm-hmm. I want to, like, stay away from the whole, like, sexual thing about it uh, sure. for many reasons. But I remember I sort of managed to meet one and we got along for a while. But I, ah, the conversations, I tried to keep them, quote unquote, big, quote unquote, normal. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember they tried to, like, move it towards the sexual thing. And I was like, you're not getting the message and i tried to steer it towards normal and whatever at a point i was gonna go out and i was like oh maybe i can take them with me to the club i was wearing and they made these comments about what they wanted to do and i was like mm, no no i'm not going out with you so i just went went out by myself so that worries me that kind of like behavior because now you're giving a sort of a bad rep to the people that can't hide it, right? True. So to me, I have a responsibility to keep it decent, if it makes sense. And I want to make another disclaimer. I'm not saying that the sexual aspect about it is bad or anything like that. I'm just saying there's times and places to talk about it or express it. At any point at all, was there like any hints of sex or like that they wanted sex prior to that, like becoming that. I don't remember. That was a long time ago, but I, but I do remember my MO is more about like, for example, when I'm, when I first tried to talk to another crossdresser or something, 
I first start by, uh, I don't know, say, hey, how, how are you? I, uh, how long have you been dressing for? I've been dressing for, for how many years and whatnot. And you know what I mean? Like I give like a small bio and I'm trying to make friends, someone I can relate to. And maybe I don't, I don't say the going out thing at first because they get scared away real fucking quick. <laughs> But yeah, I, I say something like that. And then the conversation starts out like kind of like in the in the good times. It starts out like nice and slow, but sooner or later the whole thing comes out. And I try to be cool about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Uh, I, I'm sort of into that too. But then I try to like like take it somewhere else. And they just don't get the message. But to be fair, to be fair... I'm also looking in the wrong places because it's kind of in like fetishy sites and whatnot because I don't know where else to, to go. So to be fair, I'm looking in the wrong places. Is that the only place you found crossdressers? Like, aren't there other websites? Well, there was another place. I don't know if I can say it. I don't know if they actually want me to say it. The, the, the... Go ahead, say it. I don't care. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, they're really... Not really... Well, I can say just behave when you go there or you're going to get booted, booted real quick. Crossdresser Heaven. Oh, yeah, I remember that place. Mm -hmm. I, I've looked at that place, but I don't know. Is that a, is that a people meet site? No, no, it's just like a, like a support site, actually. Got it. Okay. And it's actually great. It's a freaking great place. I remember that was the first place I went to when I was trying to like, like learn about myself. Mm -hmm. And it's a... I, I gotta say it like 10 times it's a great place because like you go there and then you say like like hi i'm whatever and if they spot that you're like a new person more likely than not they're gonna go like oh like what do you need you know what i mean like they're gonna be for you like immediately and if you need they have like uh like the administrators so if you say okay. if you say like I'm going through this, maybe I'm going through something with my wife or whatever, one of them will offer to talk to you in private and they go about and do their thing. If you're mm. just by yourself and you want really want to talk to someone, one of them will offer to talk to you uh like in private and then do their thing. And other than that, the chat it it goes all over the place. Like suddenly someone like uploads a picture with like the about the new shoes they bought and everyone goes crazy about it. And then next thing you know, they're talking about sports and cars and and gardening. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it doesn't keep like, for example, I signed in to Reddit and subreddits about the subject. They're all up. They're all super. Uh, oh I love wearing thongs and then someone like yeah I love thongs too and that you know what I mean it's, and it's very kind of towards the fetishy side of things and cool that's fine that's a place to do it yeah. you know what I mean but yeah but this other place is more about your human side of it and actually if you go over there and you say something out of place like sexually or something they're gonna boot you out like real quick and for that reason, I love that place. Yeah, the cross-dressing subreddit is what you're saying, right? Uh, no, in the cross-heaven side, they don't do the fetish thing. On the Reddit side, they do. 
on the cross cr in the cross heaven side they don't allow it period true okay and i think that's nice because it's very easily confused so i did tell you i wanted to sort of like discuss or maybe give like my theory about why the whole cross-dressing culture is very like fetish dense right so my theory about that is not like having to bottle it up okay so first you put on the dress and it feels good and whatever and then like okay like normal human behavior like if you're bored you have nothing to do what you're gonna do you're gonna jerk off right yeah so that's normal so same thing happens with say first time you have a beer then you say like oh how would have having sex or jerking off would feel with being like sort of drunk and then you smoke weed and then you say like oh how would it feel then you know what i mean so you kind of tend to experiment with things so now you're by yourself you're enjoying the dress up it does give you like a body high at first and always but the first one is like the the the, the bigger biggest one and now since you can't go out and whatever you're gonna start associating the dressing up with the only thing you can express it as mm. and it's gonna be in sort of a sexual way or or whatever and i say this because that's sort of kind of what happened to me like like i started buying like dresses and whatever and they were all like super incoherent like i couldn't put up like a single outfit to go out with because I was just buying something that... Oh, and, and on top of that, you want to overdo it, right? In your mind, you, I'm like, oh, I want to I wanna express, like, my female side and whatnot. So I think, like, female is, like, pink and skirts and, like, really short skirts and, like, whatever. You know what I mean? And then you go down a, a rabbit hole in which, like, you're only feeding yourself with what your thoughts of, like, femininity is, right? And no one's, no one's going to be there to judge you. So you just go down a really, like, a rabbit hole of, like... And, and I think that's how or why it becomes, like, a fetish kind of thing. And I realized that when I first wanted to go out and I was ready to actually do it, I looked at my wardrobe and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Like, women don't, like, outside in the street, they don't dress like this so no so yeah so then i decided oh. to start like a like a more formal wardrobe right and i remember the first time i went out uh, it felt like a hundred times more natural i like i actually liked it more you know what i mean i didn't feel silly i didn't feel like a clown so when i first started doing that i actually went out like four times and every time i did it and I looked at my old wardrobe, I was like, mm, I, I kind of don't want that anymore. You know what I mean? I want, yeah. I want to be like natural or whatever. And so I also think it's another thing because when you first start dressing up, you're sort of like born again in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, you're like a brand new baby like a cross-dressed baby or something like that you don't know who your female side is 
So you you you're actually kind of like when little girls they want the princess dress or the fairy dress or something like that. You're kind of like going all over the place about it. But as you start going out, interacting with people, your female side matures and then your wardrobe starts changing again. Right? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think as you go out and whatever, I think you start accepting that side and, and your actual natural womanhood and whatnot. And you and you, and, and and the fetishy side of it kind of like like fades away or something like that. Though, man, you brought up so many good points. Let me touch on like, man, there's like three or four of them. You're right on the idea that it starts as a fetish, for sure. Like, especially as like a growing like teenager. For me, it was always like, oh, let me, I like pantyhose. Oh, pantyhose feels this way. Okay, let me jerk off on this. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, oh, I really like these like really tight dresses. Probably in my like late teens, early 20s. You know, I can go out to a club, go to a bar, this, that. And then in my later 20s, right now where I'm at, I do like still like I like rompers. I love one pieces. I love like those kind of dresses and stuff. Mm. Short, short. But it's just like I like going out. And then now I'm blending in a little more. So now I'm like, okay, like you're saying, like born is like born again. Now I'm I was born in like luckily I was in a late bloomer. I talked to about this concept with other cross dressers, and I'm gonna talk about that in another episode about like these cross dressers who've never experienced anything about cross dressing, but have understood like, huh, I really like wearing this. Oh, okay. And these are the people who you kind of see fetishizing at like the age of 35 or 30 whatever 40 you know who wear those you know not necessarily to me i think they're ridiculous but like you know like dress your age lady you know it's like 45 wearing like a club dress which is fine you can do your own thing like who am i to judge but you know that's what normally typically 20 year old would wear or whatever mm -hmm. but because they're 40 or something they're learning about themselves uh and whatnot uh, i like the baby the the born again I aspect, you know, depends on when you, where you start. If you start for me, I was lucky I had started early and then kind of grew into it versus people who start it and never do it again and then start it and then never do it again and purge, never do it again and purge. You know, mm -hmm. that? for me though, I think the thing I think about too is it's still a fetish in some sense for me. I still like being cross-dressed an idea like when I have sex or stuff or the, the fantasies there mm -hmm. of like being a different person, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but you're right. I, I I think you talked about you called into a fetish like thing. I think that's what the, last, the thing I was editing in the last episode. Mm. You were talking about like you called into a fetish hotline, and that's what it became the main topic or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, but you know, I don't think I I I don't think. Um, okay, speaking about like genders and the fluidity and whatever, right? So. Would you say that me for being a guy liking having sex as a tip as a stereotypical guy is a fetish? You know what I mean? Like I want to be dominant and I want to be on top of her. Is that a fetish? You're just having sex that way, right? In I mean fetish can mean anything. I think fetish specifically means you like are attracted to a piece of clothing or you're attracted to a type of, you know, It, it attracts you sexually, I guess. So in that sense, like if your fetish is I'm into masculine men, no. so I guess that could then would it be a fetish to say that your wife, uh, you like your wife to wear lingerie, lingerie? You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm. This is yeah. just a thought experiment. I, I don't, I don't think I, we're gonna go anywhere with it. 
but I don't know, just saying that that yeah, you're just expressing like your feminine side or or whatever. Because mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna go into that, but yeah. <laughs> so No, please get into it. I love it. No, because I was gonna say uh... Okay, I'm gonna say this, but dude, please don't put this in the podcast at all. <laughs> okay. Um because then are are we are we saying that when when a trans woman is having sex and she's wearing lingerie is that a you know what I mean? She's fetishizing her because she's just having sex in the mode. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, but that's just again. Please don't put that because I think that's gonna be way too controversial and it's not gonna like add to in uh, a positive way, you know. But people fetishize anything. People fetishize Asian people. Like, I can only have sex with Asian people, or I can only have sex with, like, you know, black women or white girls. And it's just like, the, we, I, I don't, I mean, for me, then, like, I'm not a big fan of censorship, but I'll edit that out if you want. But I just feel like, I mean, I'll talk about it, but I feel like we fetishize, even kid, like, kids nowadays are fetishized with the idea that, like, Ariana Grande is, okay, like, but, you know, but like, then what is not a fetish? Uh, her, right. Her, heterosexual sex. That's the only thing that's not a fetish? Yeah, I guess because it's so normal, I guess, or traditionally normal. I don't know. But but it's interesting to kind of like then, you know what, what I mean? Try to define what yeah. a fetish is or, or not. Yeah, like do, do, does only traditional sex make it a fetish? I agree. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now I don't know if, if you should edit it out it didn't turn out that as bad as i thought <laughs> see just like your cross dressing it's not that bad yeah i just <laughs> but you know like i don't want to offend people and just I, i'm i'm actually trying to i'm actually i think i sort of like dive into the to the to the edge of the conversation and then try to bring it back to see it's not that bad <laughs> or something yeah it, because I think, again, we create these scenarios in our head, which are the worst case scenarios that someone's going to find it so offensive and never listen to my podcast again. And it's like, okay, well, sorry, you're offended that badly. But if you're, if we're so offended at words or so offended at things, then the actual things that we should be focused on become like, so, you know, like become the, you know, like nothing. It's like, what? Like we should worry about those things. And that becomes the divisive thing again. Like, Oh, you're either offensive or not offensive. And it's just like, no, he's just, you're just making a point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not offensive if you're, you know, people are so afraid to be controversial. It's just like, you can say things now. Like, that's the thing about becoming so politically correct is become, I feel like our society has become so, like, immune to, like, you know, like, nothing. You know, you're so tolerant. Everyone has to be tolerant. It's just like, you can say things to make people think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Without making it seem so like, you know, hate driven and stuff. You're not, you're not, I don't think you're trying to offend trans people. I don't think you're trying to offend cross dressers. I don't think you're, you're just making a point. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if your whole hour and a half of a podcast is you play it, like yelling at black people, then I'm like, okay, now you're maybe you're offensive <laughs> or maybe you're taking it too mm-hmm. The thing is, people like also listening to sound bites. If I took just that sound bite and took it out of context, then sure, then maybe I'd be like, okay, that's, what? Okay, yeah, maybe that's offensive. But if I listen to the whole thing, I'm like, you know, you make a good point, Diane. Like, that's a great point. Fair enough. 
but nobody wants to take the time. That's the thing about nobody wants to take the time to listen anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to take the time to like understand people. They just want to divide you into I, like the whole cancel culture thing. Oh, you're canceled. Oh, you, we don't like you anymore because you said this. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you can have done this whole body of work that's amazing and wonderful. But if you did this one thing, like you're not human, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Fair enough. So do as you please then. Exactly. What do what makes you happy? <laughs> if you're offensive to somebody, let's understand what happened, what what went down. Like, can we understand each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Diane, but uh, I think we should cross-dress together in public one of these days when you do come out to Vegas or if I come out to wherever you are on the East Coast. 100%. We'll have a great time. Mm-hmm. This episode might go a little longer, Diane. This will be a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is one of those endless topics, I guess. I don't know. You just feel like, like compared to the other podcasts I've heard from you, I don't, I don't feel like... I don't know. If anything, I think I'm being like too controversial. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. The other ones, I feel like they've, they've had like more interesting things to hear about or whatever. But see, what may not sound interesting to some other people may be interesting to you. What may be interesting to you may not be interesting to other people. Again, that's why I, I, mm-hmm. I try to create a body of work that makes people want to listen or tune in to be like, mm. oh, those are good points. Oh, those are great points. And, you know, podcasts attract, you know, certain listeners anyways. So people who want to listen to this topic will listen anyways and will stick around for the two hours regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you are an interesting person. You are amazing. You should probably go out a little more, <laughs> continue dressing up. And there's a variety of other things we didn't even talk about. I, like, I'd love to talk about what your makeup routine is, what your oh, best uh, outfit yeah. is, but we will do that in another episode. You know, like what's your favorite outfit, what you like to wear. You know, there's so many things about cross-dressing that encompasses so much, but people think, oh, yeah, you just wear a dress. I was like, no, bitch. <laughs> it's a way more. Than mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I hope this podcast does, is bring to light that we cross-dressers or people who think about sex or gender or, you know, gender equality or cross-dressing or the LGBTQ community and more. There's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you were saying. So I, mm-hmm. I think I, I would like to sort of ask you for a favor. Sure. In the sense that if you ever get someone from PA that kind of like vibes with my vibe of like like you know what I mean that that also dresses up and whatever if if they are interested in getting in contact with me that would be freaking awesome. Oh yes, definitely. And if the and if anyone else listening wants to contact uh diane here and is where you at you're in pennsylvania right yeah uh and in the pennsylvania area and i've had kira who is from pennsylvania i think she's in philly though and wants to reach out and Mm. other people who want to reach out i will you know reach out to me and i will get you guys into contact yeah that would be great because that will help me out in in my mission like i yeah i already explained like not into the fetishy thing just like Go out, have fun, dress up, and have someone we can relate to, and that would be great. Yeah, and there's um there's a thing in Vegas that happens every year. It's called uh, Viva Wildside or Wildside Vegas, where a bunch of crossdressers from all over the U.S. go to Vegas and they all hang out in like a group of like twenty or thirty people. And it's nothing sexual. I think they all just want to hang out and party and have a good time mm-hmm. for crossdressers of all ages. I think so. Sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do it this year, but I guess I guess I got canceled due to COVID. Yeah, but yeah, well, 
Dang, Diane, this was a great conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it. I did too. See, told you. You just got to reach out. Thanks for reaching out. Well, we're friends now, so we're good. Yeah. Um, you know, for the picture for this, like these episodes, do you want me to post that photo with like your face covered and just have your amazing body over there or some shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Is that good? I mean, you're fucking passable as shit, so it's amazing that you don't even want to post your face. So. Well, I think the reason is we discussed during the podcast, but yeah, with the yeah, okay, You're yeah, just that one gorgeous ass. Okay, uh, <laughs> anyways, well, right. we'll have you on the podcast again, uh, Dan. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. We're we'll do it again. Yeah, definitely. All right. Okay. Bye. And now it's time for Kirsten's Corner. And this week's Kirsten's, Kirsten's Corner. Kirsten's Corner. Let's talk about Netflix's Have I Have Have I Ever? Never Have I Ever. Never Have I Ever. <laughs> so never have I ever. You built up I, the intensity. Yeah. Never Have I Ever. Never Have I Ever. Ever, ever. Uh, what is it? It's a show on Netflix about this girl, Devi. I can't say her last. Devi something. She's Indian, right? Yeah, she's Indian. Uh, it's a show that was written by Mitty Kaling. From The Office. From The Office and The Mitty Project. Yeah, it's about a girl in high school who wants to fit in, but she's uh, a nerd. And she, she, she says it's good. I don't want to give it, a, you know, it's, she goes high school. Mm-hmm. She's like a first, the girl who plays Davy is like a first time actress. Like they did like an open casting and she had never worked before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you like this show? Yeah. Because. I like high school teen rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Like it's, is it one of those coming of age stories? Yeah. No, right. Like Edge of Seventeen. Never seen those. You really like rom-coms? Mm-hmm. In your like top list of rom-coms is this like rom-com television shows yeah, yeah. well because it's like a teen rom-com so it's like to me i i like it more than i liked uh, tall the boys yeah, but yeah. the thing is i read the books like maybe a, actually a long time ago and i really liked the books and i just didn't really care for the movies that much is this a book too no just straight because i told you Minnie kaling wrote it so it's not a book she could have written a book i don't know like a screenplay based off of a something anyways in the show there's uh she has a best friend who's trying to come out i guess because yeah. she's spoiler alert lesbian mm-hmm. but do you think like i guess how these kinds of shows depict how the coming out process is mm-hmm. is that i don't know an appropriate way to show that or did this depict it in a way that it seemed like real life yeah real life i mean i wouldn't know personally but Mm -hmm. i thought it was like a different perspective Mm -hmm. or one that's been told before i don't know i liked it It it's fine but you've read lots of books and stuff Mm, not that that many that have like coming out stories i mean like a couple not like the main story i've watched a lot of shows i guess and they depict it in a similar sense similar fashion yeah i don't know i don't uh, it's the first show i've seen i haven't finished it i don't know you don't watch shows where, like, kids come out? Um, you know how, like, in the 90s and the 2000s, it was always, like, the way they did come out, it was always anger or 
kind of fear that、mm-hmm. people coming out. I guess in this show, when she does do it, it seems like. I mean, she's scared, but at the same time, I feel like it's received a lot differently because of just the time that this is made in. You know what I mean? Like,、mm-hmm. where for like a parent, it's still like. Well, I mean, it also, also depends on the parent. You know what I mean? Like, how、mm-hmm. liberal or how conservative is this person? Like, what are their beliefs? You know, like, does that outweigh how much they love their daughter or son or whatever? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it how, like, her coming out. To a this liberal family or a liberal、mm-hmm. person in today's society versus had she come out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, it would have、mm-hmm. been more difficult. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's necessarily more difficult or not. I think, regardless of who, what you understand or what you know, I still think that a person having to reveal that about themselves coming out is still scary no matter what time you come out in. And I mean, I guess it just depends on like, like we just watched Ben Platt's concert special, and he said, like, you know, he came out, like, he had to call his mom and just tell them just because he wanted to kind of get ahead of them finding out not from him, but not because he was scared. He just, he never, just never came out, but his, you know, parents already knew or had already had a feeling. So, I mean, I guess it just depends on like sometimes people are scared, sometimes people aren't. I guess it just depends on where you live, what time you live, what your family's like. You know,、mm-hmm. I don't think there's a- any normal way of coming out because it just depends on each person.、Mm. And you think by like these kinds of shows depicting it in a way that it seems normal for people to come out, that it, I know eventually you could just be like, oh yeah. Yeah.、So、I mean, for again, it really depends. I mean, like the thing is, it's TV. So it's like, It could be dramatized or it could be as simple as just telling, you know, like one day. But, like, I think it was it was a good way of showing it. But I think it's a show that there are different ways of, you know, different experiences and different ways to come out. So it's like a cross dresser coming out to somebody about my cross dressing. To normalize it, I should just be like, oh, yeah, I do this. Yeah, I, I think it's slightly different for cross dressers, though, because it's not as common. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, like, to, if you want to make it more common, it would be you would have to normalize it. How do I do that? I don't know. Kind of just the way. I don't know. Don't ask me. So, if I were to come out to, I don't know, not to your parents, but to, I don't know, like a. It's harder to come out to the older generation, but yeah. like. Newer generation or somebody who's a stranger on the street, how should I approach that? Just tell them the truth? Like, hey. Oh, yeah. I, I dress up. I don't know. Like, you know nothing about me, and I met somebody like Yeah, do do I don't know. Because, again, like, the thing is, it's like, it, I would say in today's society, being gay is more black and white. You know? It's like, you're gay or you're not gay. You're bi or you're not bi. You know what I mean? You're straight or you're not. You know what I mean? And it's like, those, those terms are, are easily defined in, in pop culture, and I feel like they're. I feel like with cross dressing, it's again not something that's as talked about.、Mm-hmm. Like it is, but not with the title. Not with the title. You know what I mean?、Uh, okay. Yeah, I okay. think there's, it's like the, you know, like on shows or like, again, like with sitcoms or whatever, or like whatever shows they talk about, like guys who wear like women's underwear a lot. But then that's also seen as like a kinky thing. It's not just like,、mm. I feel like there's, there's cross dressing is in like a gray area where I feel like people who are, Thinking about transitioning, or maybe they're transgendered, or you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's,、mm-hmm. but、mm-hmm. I feel like with cross dressing, it's not as 
talked about. So how do I start that narrative? Just be like, hey, this is me. This is a podcast. You should listen to it. Yeah. Because with you, I just had to tell you, right, and explain to you. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people want to automatically think that or go to, oh, why do you do that? Like, what is it? Like, where, Mm -hmm. you know, where does this come from? You know what I mean? What like, if I don't know? What if I'm like, oh yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I, I understand you and I know you and like I know your story. So to me, I, I get it. But it's like to tell the random person like on the street, like it's more, it's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? True. Like you just go, unless the other person has knowledge or understands it. And even if they don't, like there's people that you've told like of my friends that they're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it you really can't. It's it depends because you can also come out to someone, and they're really freaked out by that, or they're not. You just really never know. Are they? And are they? Is the freak out because? Who know? Again, that's a lot to impact too. Why are you freaking out? Mm-hmm. Like, does someone freaking out mean that maybe there's something in them that is causing them to freak out? Maybe they've always wanted to know more about their sexuality or about. It's just like you never know why someone freaks well, out. With parents, though, parents freak out because they, you know, you never want to reveal something to your parent because they have this expectation of you, like, "Hey, you're my son or daughter," like in the show. I think it also you know. depends on you have to get the root to why they're freaking out because uh, you know sometimes it's they're freaking out because they don't want you to have to experience that adversity and go through hardships because of your sexuality that could be one reason they could be freaking out because they're super religious and they don't Mm. believe in that and they think you're gonna go to hell or it could just be because they think that they did something wrong why do they think you know homosexuality is wrong you know there's like so many different things as to Mm. why someone would freak out and sometimes it's just they need to unpack it and like think about it wrap their head around it because as much as however much parents control their children or they or whatever the degree of which they control their kids or whatever they want the best for them they parents always like plan out your kid's life Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and whether it means it's something as simple as i want my kids to be happy or i want my kid to be this 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 and this Mm. i think it, it just depends so it's like there's there's never any one answer Okay. And there's never one way to depict something or anything that's normal. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. Good points. Good points. I just, I just wonder because it's just, you know, the future of how coming out is going to be like. And like how Ben Platt was saying how he came out to his parents and his mom was just like, okay, are you okay? Is everything all right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's are you more being safe? Yeah. Versus... Well, I know like for, for my niece and nephew, my brother and sister-in-law have explain to them that sometimes men like women and women like women or men like men or do you like both you know Mm -hmm. i think that if those are the values of the things that we teach our kids growing up that it'll Mm -hmm. be something that's normal and i think that that homosexuality is more of a standard or like you know sexuality being fluid or there being so many different forms Mm -hmm. is is that's more of a standard now than it was whatever how many years ago with cross-dressing i feel like there's no standard or normal or like it's not talked about as often at least right right now right and that's how i mean that's why we start this podcast and hopefully Mm -hmm. kind of start the narrative of what cross-dressing is and 
Anyways, that was that was Kirsten's corner. Thank Kirsten's you. corner. And that's it for this week's episode, guys, where you heard me talk about FGM, female genital mutilation, and how it was banned as my yas of the week in Sudan. And then you've heard my long talk with Diane about her cross-dressing experiences, a little bit more about attraction, cross-dressing as a fetish, and her pursuit for a mate. And then finally, Kristen and I talk a little bit about coming out as a cross-dresser or coming out in general, really, with respect to you know just coming out and uh and how we watched it in (laughs) never have i ever which is a show on netflix hope you guys enjoyed this episode again email me giselle at crossyaspodcast.com if you guys want to share your story if you guys have feedback or anything i would love to hear it you know i do this show for you guys and i really want to make the best show i can and hope you guys keep coming back but next week or in the next episode i will talk with Adelina, another crossdresser from Pennsylvania. A lot of crossdressers out there and a lot of crossdressers everywhere trying to reach out to all of them. And if you guys listen to this podcast, reach out to me, hit me up. I'd love to listen, share your story if you'd let me. I'm going to continue moving out. Uh, It's the middle of August, or it's the middle of almost August. Year is flying by, maybe it's not. My birthday's coming up. Don't know what I'm doing. Haven't dressed up. It's really hot again. But hopefully in the next episode, I'll have already moved out. If not, well, I'll keep trying to send these episodes out. But thank you guys. Keep enjoying the episodes in the podcast. Reach out to me. Hit me up. As always, keep it fresh. Stay blessed. And remember, you're gorgeous. Again, I'm not here to treat or diagnose anything, guys. I am just here to tell my story. I have people come on the podcast and tell their story, and and maybe you guys can learn from it. And I hope it helps you guys understand the world of cross-dressing and gender a bit more. Mm